Uh, we're going to start off the show with something that frustrates me on a daily basis. You know, we are right at Chorus Key, which is at the foot of Jarvis Street here in Toronto. Uh, there's a beautiful building uh, that is right across the street from us, and it's being uh, it's it's in its final stages of construction. Because you know, how development developers buy a chunk of land and then they build one building and then they move on to the next building. Well, uh, that's what's going on here at Jarvis Street. And it is so inconvenient, although the building is just beautiful and it houses, uh, it's a design center. What is it? Like school and... There's a George Brown, there's condos, there's a lot yeah. going on in there. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what else is going on? They've been taken up for almost two years here. One of the lanes and all of the sidewalk on the oh, east side, west, east side of uh, Jarvis Street going towards... Uh, the gardener and going towards Lakeshore and it's really frustrating because you know they take up you've only got one lane then going northbound Mm -hmm. and what happens is the construction workers act like the other lane that is the only lane left for traffic now heading towards the gardener and going north into the city core is uh, is their lane as well because it's part of the construction site well there soon might be a stop to this Uh, Josh Matlow is responsible for putting a request for a report back in spring on a policy that could see construction sites denied requests to block sidewalks and roadways in Toronto. Hurrah, I say, unless circumstances are exceptional. What would be exceptional? Well, we've reached out to uh, Councillor Josh Matlow to uh, come on the show and describe, uh, you know, the concept. And uh, I believe this passed unanimously. Josh, welcome to the program. Thanks, Kelly. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Good to have you on the program. First of all, Josh, let's for people that, you know, don't have to deal with construction on a daily basis and the idea of developers taking up a whole lane of sidewalk and uh, a lane of a drivable lane in the city of Toronto where we're already congested enough. Describe the scope of the problem that these developers are creating. Well, fewer and fewer of us are are not impacted these days, uh, given that uh, so many people live in the midtown and downtown core of uh, the city, but also everyone else in the city uh, uh, struggles to, to, to commute through it, uh, uh, many people uh, on a daily basis. And it impacts all of us. <clears throat> now, ironically, it's one of the, the few issues that I think that brings uh, motorists and, and cyclists and pedestrians and, transi- and transit users together. Uh, because uh, no matter what uh, vehicle you're trying to you know, get to work uh, uh, on time with or you know, get to school or get home, we are constantly uh, impacted by uh, sidewalks being closed, and that's a danger to pedestrians who are often forced to either get to uh, the other side of the street or, you know, far too often take a risk of, of just, you know, walking on, on the curbside on the, in the lane of traffic uh, to get to uh, their destination on their preferred path. Uh, the drivers are impacted because lanes are closed all over the city on a daily basis. These lanes are often closed, in fact, for two to three years at a time for the construction to be completed. And that means it's far more difficult to get around our city by car. If you're a bicyclist, you will find yourself in a bike lane that is then interrupted in the middle of it because uh, there's construction hoarding there. And then you're having to to veer into a a live lane of traffic. And of course, if the city is considering uh, uh, things like the bus rapid transit or other ways to uh, create infrastructure to allow people to to get around uh, with transit, how do you plan for that if in the middle of it, uh, a curb lane is going to be taken over by a development? So, you know, bottom line is it creates uh, a city that is uh, more congested 
a city that is less safe, and a city that is continuously giving over our public land over to a developer who makes uh, you know a ton of money, mm-hmm. but we're left with uh, with the negative impacts of it, and that's got to be restricted. Josh, do we have any idea of how many developers are right now currently blocking sidewalks, or how many projects are blocking sidewalks in the city of Toronto and lanes that people drive in? I don't have a number in front of me, but okay. yes, we have an idea, and I can tell you that uh, you know if you if you travel through downtown or midtown Toronto, it's uh, you know I say rhetorically almost everywhere. Uh, I represent Young and Eglinton. Uh, and uh, and you know, literally, not just figuratively, literally, uh, every couple of blocks, there's another uh, construction project. And that has had uh, uh, an enormously adverse impact on our quality. Of life. We've seen people die. Well, we have. And, um, you know, it, it's when 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 sidewalks are impacted, when uh, when uh, when road lanes are closed, when you when, when there's sort of chaos, confusion. It creates, by nature, a less safe environment, and uh, 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 there is work being done in Young and Eglinton to make it safer. But at the same time, if 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 the city continuously allows developers to feel like they've got this divine right to occupy the public's property, our sidewalks, our roads, uh, anytime they have a project. Uh, then we're not going to be able to be in control of of how the public realm is used and it should be used for the public. Okay, so Josh, let's talk really quickly here about the city's default position is to permit closure to allow for development, which can last up upwards to two years, depending on the building. I, I feel like Sometimes I've more. been I, I feel like I've been dealing dealing with this thing at Jarvis for two years here. Um, what do you want to see happen and what are those uh, exceptional circumstances? What would they be? So every every month, whether it be at community council or city council, uh, developers are uh, given given allowance to uh, occupy our city's right of way, meaning our sidewalks, our, our lanes, and uh, and and typically uh, the argument is is that well they've got no other way to do it, so the burden of responsibility is on the people of Toronto and their council to have to hand over uh, uh, this public land to them. What I want to see done is that the burden of responsibility needs to be reversed. If you're a developer and you want to make a, a, a bunch of money, and you know, that's your right to want to make money, that's fine. But if that's, you know, that, but that's your interest, not ours. So mm-hmm. if you want to go and, and speculate on properties, then you've got to go and figure out a way to build your building and not just assume that uh, you get it approved and then all of a sudden we, the public, have to scramble to figure out how to accommodate you at our expense. I know you're not a builder, but I mean, what what could they do? I mean, a lot of these guys are using the, the site as a place to pull up, like their lane as a place to pull up on the, uh, you know, with their trucks and get their uh, parts on cranes and up to build the, the building. And I recognize that there are going to be exceptional circumstances where there literally is no other way, that there is a completely landlocked site. That, you know, part of my motion asked for staff to assess uh, uh, the adverse impacts. And, you know, if, it, if it's going to be benign and it really doesn't have an impact, that should be considered. But there also should be more community benefits provided, i.e. Uh, more money for childcare or affordable housing. Or- so are we looking then at, you know, a city that's obviously cash-strapped? Is this a good way of adding to its coffers? Would they have to pay money, developers? Uh, absolutely. But the test should be the impact on the public. So in other words... If there isn't going to be a big impact on the public and there is a way to use the city's leverage to extract funds for, for the community benefit, uh, then let it be in the, in the public good rather than just the developer's good if it's allowed. That being said, though, the vast majority of them 
should should be denied. Uh, if what you know, my message to the development industry is. When you're when you're consolidating properties, when you're speculating on where to build, you should be thinking now about creating some space to stage your construction rather than assuming that you're going to get public land. And the good thing for the city is uh, that is is that after the construction, if they stage on their own land on their own property, then we might end up with more public ground, meaning more park space, wider sidewalks, uh, and less dis- disruption. What, during the are we thinking taller, skinnier buildings then? Possibly. Because that's going um, to gonna affect your setback. And if you've got to set back farther so that you uh, don't uh, hinder traffic and that's where you're going to be uh, loading your building material so your building can't go all the way to the sidewalk, then we are looking at a different looking city. Possibly. Potentially. Potentially. Um, and, it, and really, I mean, that, that would be considered site by site. Um, you know, I've often I've had experiences um, both with private developers, but also with uh, uh, public agencies like Metrolinks, where they've come to us and said, there is absolutely no way that we can construct this without uh, occupying a lot of this, the, the city's right of way. Uh, you know, there's no way on earth. And then we say no, and we push back and we push back. And miraculously, somehow after saying that there is no way to do it, they often figure out how to do it sometimes with a little more expense on their side and mm-hmm. frankly that's their responsibility the main message is is that it shouldn't it shouldn't be our responsibility as a city and as the public to have to figure this out every single time for the private development industry okay i i don't have a ton of time josh but i really want to ask you just a couple of quick sure. questions here um it passed unanimously at the Infrastructure and Environment uh, Committee meeting yesterday, your request for a report back in spring on this new policy. What do you think the developers are going to say? Have you started to hear from them yet? Yeah, they're not going to like it. Uh, and uh, so it's going to go to, uh, it was approved at the uh, the committee, so now it's going to go forward to City Council with the committee's recommendation. Uh, and um, and, and I, I, I expect that that many in the development industry uh, are, are, are going to be opposed to uh, this step. Uh, that being said, though, uh, there are reasonable people within that industry that I hope will, you know, talk to their friends and neighbors and, and, and colleagues and peers and say, you know, you know, maybe we have a responsibility, uh, uh, you know, while we, while, while we have a right to look out for our own interest, we're also residents of Toronto and we need to look out for everybody else in the city. Josh, I really appreciate your time. It's been a while and I thank you for making some time for us this morning. My pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, Kelly. Cheers. Josh Matlow, city councillor who now wants uh, the default to be uh, if developers want to use the sidewalk, uh, then they're going to have to pay some big bucks to use the sidewalk and hinder uh, our pedestrians and also drivers and cyclists in the the city.